Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. So we continue our series on the tabernacle. And... Um, we will look at one because of time, the way, the truth, and the life. This was said by Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no one comes unto the Father but by me. Can I see from verse 4? He said, whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Hmm. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? How can we know the way? How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, I am the entrance to the way. I am the entrance to truth and I am the entrance to life. If you can look at it critically, you will realize that Jesus is trying to say that. And this is something they knew about. The disciples, they, were about, they knew about because it, 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 it is, um, you know, it is a language or a knowledge that is known by the rabbis. So they, they understood what Jesus meant when he said the way, the truth, and the life. But unfortunately, um, the church is not so knowledgeable in detail in terms of what Jesus meant here. Now you can see Jesus is talking about three vital areas. And for each of them, he made you know that it is definite. So he spoke about the way, the truth, the life. Okay? And he says, these three areas, they lead unto the Father. So in other words, Jesus is the entrance. So there is a way, but Jesus is the entrance. There is a place called truth, and Jesus is the entrance to that place. And there is a place called the life. And Jesus is the entrance to the place. So without Jesus, you cannot enter into the way. Okay? Yes. 
And without Jesus, you cannot enter into the place called truth. And without Jesus, you cannot enter into the place called life. And all these three areas are very important for you to know. And they all still speak about Jesus. Jesus is, is, is the common denominator in all these three. Without him, there is no, you can, nobody can enter the way. Without him, nobody can enter into the place of truth. Truth is a place. You need to understand that. Truth is a place. And life is a place. Exodus 25, verse 1 to 9. That has been our theme scripture. Exodus 25, from verse 1 to 9, quickly. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Do you remember this? Of every man that giveth willingly with his heart, he shall, ye shall take my offering. Go on. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them. Gold. Is this familiar? Silver. Is it familiar? And brass. That one is not familiar to you yet. But the first two are, are familiar, the gold and the silver. What do we say gold is? Gold stands for divine righteousness. How about silver? Redemption. So as you are looking here, you are, he said, bring unto me gold which represent my divine righteousness and silver, my divine redemption. And brass. Amazing. I'll talk to you about brass later. But you know, brass is, a comp is, is, is an alloy. And brass is made of copper and zinc. Copper and zinc. That is why when you see the feet of Jesus, John said, John said, and his feet were as fine brass. Why was Jesus' feet not bronze, not gold? But why was his feet as fine brass? You need to understand these things. And this is the offering which he shall take of them, gold, silver, and brass. Look at it. The first mention of the offerings are not the colors. They were nothing else but gold. Can you see that? Gold, silver, and brass. These were the first offering that God was looking for. Then he went on for the other ones. And purple, and, uh, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair. You'll be wondering why goat hair and ram's skin dyed red and badger's skin. You know badger? You know the animal badger, right? And then shitting wood. Is it familiar? So ram's skin dyed red is not familiar. Badger's skin is not familiar, but shitting wood is familiar. Shitting is otherwise called what? Acacia. There's another special wood called cedar. Okay, that one is also like acacia. It's so strong. Yeah, the cedar wood, so strong. Yeah, go on. Oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense. Onyx stone. Now, when you go home, go and read again. Write them down. The first things he mentioned, gold, silver, brass. 
Then you come to the next one. Then he itemized them. Then you come to the next one. You say, don't just read. You need to understand why he mentions all these in line. Why this first, why this set first, second? Ideally, I expect onyx to be one of the first because onyx is more precious than gold. You see, but he did not mention onyx first. He mentioned gold first, silver second for a meaning. All right, so he said onyx stone and stone to the best to be set in the effort and in the breastplate. I know when we go to heaven, you know that gold and silver are not the, the gems we are going to deal with. We are going to deal with, with the other ones, the onyx, the burial, etc. Because gold in the fullness of God's light is not, is black. Okay. But forget about that. I think I've taught you before. Okay. Don't, you see your notebook. Number nine, eight. And let them make me a sanctuary. Say sanctuary. Sanctuary. That I may dwell among them. So God says, use all these things and make me a sanctuary. That I may dwell among them. So this is the first time we got to know that what God intended to do was to dwell amongst men. That is why in heaven, when we enter into the original sanctuary, God is not going to be hidden from us. He's going to sit with us because he's initially. That's why when the Holy Ghost was coming, he rushed to come and dwell in us. He was in a hurry because that, has, that is the Father's, in fact, that is the mindset of the Godhead, to dwell amongst his own. So it gives you an idea. Then the verse 9. According to all that I show thee. Now this is what the whole thing is. According to all that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle. And the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall ye make them. Now if God is saying that make it after a particular pattern. It means that he showed him something. And he said. Build the sanctuary according to this pattern. Which means that there is an original pattern. Okay? Yes, there is an original pattern. And God is showing Moses and saying that what you have seen, make it like that. Now, I will show you later on that the original pattern is heaven. So what it means is that God showed Moses heaven. And it's amazing. And everything in heaven is what God gave human dimensions, which is, <laughs> you know, because if you're talking about 10 cubits, 10 cubits is like 4 feet. It's 4 meters, sorry. 4 meters. You can't have 4 meters. What God will sit on is, is, is way beyond 4 meters. So if, it is, if God's own is eternal, <laughs> he has scaled it down into dimensions that will make sense to humans. But they are representation of the original in heaven. Okay? Now, all the things that are found in the tabernacle are also found in heaven. That is why he said everything in heaven should be done according to the pattern. Uh, uh, the tabernacle should be done according to the pattern of the earth. So he mentioned the sanctuary itself and then he mentioned the instrument thereof. What are the instruments? They are not instruments, musical instruments. Like the lampstand, the showbread, and all these things, they are found in heaven. 
And so he made them do it the same. Somebody will ask, I mean, what is the relevance of all these sanctuary things we are, we are learning in sanctuary? Tabernacle, sanctuary, tabernacle. But I want you to note that the sanctuary or the tabernacle speaks of Jesus. Now, God used one chapter in the Bible to only talk about the world. Inasmuch as the world is beautiful and is so amazing, God used only one chapter in Genesis chapter 1. And a few in Job. In Psalm 19, the Bible says that, you know, you, uh, you know the heavens declare God's glory. You know, it talks about everything amazing that God has done. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show what is handiwork. You know, they, you see all these amazing things. Ladies and gentlemen, he used only one chapter. <laughs> and a, a few verses in Job, chapter 38, to talk about the earth. But when it came to the tabernacle or the sanctuary, he used over seven chapters. From Exodus chapter 25 all the way to 32. Down 32. On the junction of 35. <laughs> Amazing. You can check it yourself when you go home. So from ex show, show us Exodus chapter 25. Speak unto the children of Israel and let them bring unto me an offering which we, we just read this one. And he spoke about the sanctuary. Go to 26 verse 1. We won't have time to go through all just to show you. Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of 27 verse 1. And thou shalt make an altar of shitting wood. For, so, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. And I'm wondering, all these chapters God is talking. It tells you what is important for God. What is important for God is not the world. What is important for God is the sanctuary and the tabernacle. And the sanctuary and the tabernacle are representations of Jesus. So what is important for God is Jesus, not the world. So if you want to be like God, follow God, and know what is important for God, it is nothing on the earth. It is Jesus. That is why your desires should not be things of the earth. Your desires should be the things that God also desires. Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Mm. Listen, when you learn of Jesus, eh, you enter into the holies of holies, I'm telling you. Your mindset and everything changes. In fact, you become a prophetic person. I hope you know prophet is not only one that calls name and numbers. A prophet is one that knows the counsel of God. And can declare God's mind. If you can declare God's word to people, that's prophetic. And there's coming a time, this, I see this, your name is this, blah, blah, blah. It's going to die down. And we are entering into the phase where men can represent Jesus prophetically. Do you know, as at now, only a few of the church is found in the holy place? In terms of understanding and knowledge. And manifestation. I will show you. That's why you are here this morning. 
I'm going to take you to heaven and show you that, okay, or show the, the sanctuary. You know the sanctuary is different from the tabernacle, right? Okay. So, so the whole thing, where the, the whole white covering, you know, the fence, everything in there from that end, inside, is a sanctuary. And this is the tabernacle. Okay? All right. So anybody that enters into that fence has entered into the sanctuary of God. But God doesn't want you to be in the sanctuary alone. He wants you to enter into the tabernacle. And he doesn't want, only want you to enter into the tabernacle. He wants you to go to God. Because God is not found. And that's how heaven is. People think when you enter into heaven, God is sitting. He is not seated. Where you see him like that. He is somewhere in the, in the, in, in the, in, in the deep place. So sometimes you must walk there. Yeah. So once you enter here, you are there. Now, even though you are here by, in the spirit, you must be able to maneuver your way through them by knowledge and understanding. So you understand the language of being on the outside. You understand the knowledge and, and understanding and the language. Then when you enter into the holy place, you must understand that you have the knowledge and understanding and the language. Then when you enter into the holies of holies, you must have knowledge and understanding and what? Speak same. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. Let me show you something. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Let me just explain that to you. What it means is that on that very day, when God thought it as okay for me to come, the Holy Ghost took me. That's what it, that's what it means. John never went to heaven except only when he went to Patmos. You remember Patmos? You know John was fried in, in oil? God didn't take him to heaven there because it wasn't the Lord's day. It wasn't the day marked by God for him to be taken to heaven. But when he entered into the island of Patmos, because they said, you, you didn't die. Now we would send you to a place on a small island where you would die there. So they took him there. But when he went there, he met the Lord's day. So he would be there meditating or writing or talking or sleeping and the Holy Ghost will suck his spirit up and take him into the heavens. And that's what he said. I was in the Lord, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice of what? As of a trumpet. Go on. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and last. And thou seest right in a book and send it to unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Titeria, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Then in verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now here, this portion of scripture or verse gives you an idea that John was in the tabernacle. So you tell me, how do we know? Because you saw golden candlestick, right? On Friday, when we were looking at the golden boards, you remember he said the golden boards on the north. Uh-huh. 
The golden belt on the north here. So here is north. Here is south. There is west. So here is what? East. Which means that the holy place, which is from this end to where the curtain is, is the place of east. And from the curtain to, I mean, the holies of holies, that is west. And the bar here is north, and the bar here is south. Can you see that? Which means that the, the outer court is also on the east. So you still can see the four cardinal points. Which represent the north, south, east, and west of the earth. What does it tell you? God still has them in mind where everybody is located. And he wants to attract them and bring them to where he is. So in heaven, we are all going to go to heaven from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. So God is not for a particular group of people. He is for all. Okay? Now, okay, with understanding, show the other picture that shows where the lampstand is. Good. So you can see the lampstand is where? South. So if it's on the south, so if this is a room, so the lampstand is here on the south. So what John did in heaven was that John was looking on the north where the showbread and the table of his presence was. Then Jesus spoke and he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega first and last and so on and so forth. He said, write this unto. So John turned his way to the place of the south and there he found the lampstand. Okay? Which means that when John came through, his face was looking in the west where God was. Can you see this? Okay. Why is this important? It is important to know why will God put the lampstand in the place of the south? Why would he put the bread to the place of the north? And why will the entrance be the place of east? And why would he put the ark of God in the place of the west? You, you need to understand these things. Then they make sense to you. Okay? So, so, so this is it. Now, in the Hebrew tradition, there are a group of people that are known to be masters of the Torah, the rabbis. So there is their writings and their interpretations and their, um, um, their ideas as to interpretation of the Torah. It is called the rabbinical traditions. I'm sure you've heard it before. The rabbinical tradition, rabbi, rabbi, rabbinical, rabbinical traditions. So according to their interpretations of the Torah, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, they didn't ask any question because they understood what Jesus was saying. The only thing we know is that it is through Jesus we get saved, right? But they understood what it meant because they had an idea of the tabernacle. Now, according to the rabbinical tradition, the door into 
the, the holy place, in fact, into the outer court. It's called the way. So here. So, show the other one with the different colors. I told you why they were all white and why that one was colors. Look, why all these ones? You see, the sanctuary, the fence. You will find this in chapter 24 anyway. They are white all over. Okay? And then I told you that there is, there is a wedge that keeps it. Then actually, these, these fans are actually stuck in brass. They are stuck in brass. Don't you remember? He said, give me gold, silver, and brass. So you'll be wondering why the fence, housing everything is dipped in, in brass. Just like the balls were dipped in zinc. So there is a reason for dipping them in brass. Okay? That's for another time. So you can see, this is, these are linen, white linen, which represent white. You see white? Now, when you look at the entrance here, it's not white. There are different colors. Red, blue, purple, scarlet, and gold. What represents Christ? Which makes him the way into the outer court. Makes him the way. He's the unique way. In fact, he's the unique entrance into the way. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Jesus is the unique entrance into the way. And he's still the way. You must enter him to enter the way. Okay? All right. What is so unique about this? Because, you see, in the outer court, that is where man receives salvation. That is where man receives salvation. In the outer court, that is where you have the cross. You remember? The bronze altar. The altar of judgment. Where a sinner must enter from the place of north. You enter through east, but then your sacrifice is from the north. And the north, because that is where the animal is killed and the blood is shed. And when the blood of the animal is shed, you receive God's mindset concerning protection. God's protection is, is, is through his blood. And what happens is that we, we learned that the, the Israelites always got attacked from the place of the north. And I showed you one of them called the north wind. Okay? Now, wind in Hebrew or Greek refers to spirit. The wind bloweth where it listeth. The wind, that word wind is the word pneuma. And the, meaning, the, the word spirit in, in, in Greek is the same pneuma. Okay? So wind is different from air. Wind is different from air. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember when Jesus was on the boat and the storm in Luke chapter 4 and the storm was, you know, what did Jesus do? Before he said, peace be still, what did he do? He rebuked the wind. So the wind was behind that. The wind is what causes the tsunamis and all that. See, it's a spirit that opposes air and increases the, the intensity of air. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay. Amazing. Say Numa. 
All right. So you see, once you enter from the place of the north, and then you sacrifice your animal. But before you sacrifice your animal, what do you do? You place your, your hand on the head of the animal and transfers your sins, okay, into the animal. To date, a lot of people think that the sins that you transfer onto the animal is the sin of Adam. I'm telling you. There are a lot of ministers, there are a lot of men of God, there are a lot of pastors who still think that the sins you commit today, even though it is not in the similitude of Adam's, it is not really taken away. So you must employ or deploy the blood of Jesus at any time to deal with current sins. They don't think that, and they don't believe, and they don't know that the death of Jesus Christ and your sacrifice, okay, the sacrifice of Jesus, dealt with our sins from Adam's time into the eternity, into the future, until we enter into heaven. And this is where I'm talking about knowledge and understanding. So I'll show you. We'll enter into the holiest of holies, and then you will see that there's confusion. There's confusion in understanding, and that's one of these. So the sinner will enter from the place of north, place the hand on the animal, and then transfer all your sins onto the animal. Because the animal has initially not sinned, the Bible termed the animal to be innocent. So the innocence of the animal will be transferred to you. So your sins to the animal, the innocence of the animal to you. And when it happens like that, it, is, it looks like you are saved. Can you see that? Yes, okay. Or your salvation process has started. Yes, then the animal that has taken all your sins must be, must be killed. For the wages of sin is death. So that animal must be killed. And that animal must be killed upon the cross of judgment. Which is called the bronze altar. So that big cross that you see there is made of bronze, which represents judgment. And it is not judgment against you. It is judgment against sin. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International, contact services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many People are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to leap from glory to glory, and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed. Oh.